amen. Our text this morning is John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and we're at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. John chapter 3. And we're going to talk about the idea of more Jesus. I know that at one point in time we, we had a, a theme one year, and it was um, Jesus is greater. I'm grateful for the challenges. I'm grateful for the prodding to study the scriptures more deep. And this morning, I want to talk about some nuances in the idea of more Jesus. Now, there is this base when we start this year, and it starts with that we've got to be willing to die to ourselves. Yeah? We've got to be willing to, to allow, allow the things of God to take precedence in and when we do that, the vision becomes more clear that God has for us collectively and individually. Amen? And then there's this, this other nuance. I wanna, let, let, me, let me do this with you. I want to I ask you this question. Why is, is more Jesus important this year? Why is it ever important? Why is more Jesus important? Do I need to reframe the question? Less us. I want to, I coach basketball. We, we've got a team, we're, we're okay. We kind of get away with being a little bit sloppy, yeah? We're getting ready to play against Andover. Andover is, is one of the top schools in the state, yeah? You, you can't play sloppy and beat them. Does that make sense? You just can't do it. But there's something to the idea of when we talk about more Jesus, there's a unity issue. When we talk about more Jesus, there's an execution issue, yeah? Okay, I'm going to use you. I'm going to have you stand right there. And you're going to have the ball. This is how we get into our offense. We run an, an offense. Okay, you're going to be on, on offense, you and him. Now, you're going to pass the ball. Come on. Carly, don't act like you're right, and you could do this too. Okay. Now, now, here's what I want you to understand. To get into our offense, there's some things that we do, yeah? Now, if we're defense, our goal is to not let you get into your offense, yeah? That's our goal. We want to make it difficult. Do you see the spiritual implications here, how Satan tries to make it difficult for us to get into our following and walking with God? Yeah? Okay, now, when we... You're not going to ask me a question. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, when we talk about getting into our offense, sometimes, oftentimes, and even in our spiritual lives, we talk about being Christians. We talk about doing things that Christians do, yeah? So in this scenario, we would talk about the general term would be we're playing basketball. So sometimes when we talk about unity, we're not specific, yeah? And we're talking about something general. But what does it mean? Why is more Jesus? Why is the idea of being able to get into the, uh, the offense, why are the nuances important? So let's say you're going to pass the ball. Okay, you pass it to him. We're running two motion. Okay, he catches the ball. Yeah? Now, you got a defender on him. Give him the ball. I'll give him back the ball. Now, can you make this pass? Do you want to make this pass? Maybe. Why would you want to make this pass? Okay, well, <laughs> at this point in time, yeah, that's the person that you can pass the ball to. But there's something to be said about the idea of, of what happens when challenges come our way. 
You have to have nuances. Now, I'm going to show you what you're playing defense. Yeah, put your hand in the passing lane. Get down. Get, get, get down in your stance. Okay, there you go. Okay, thumb down, palm up. Now, here's the challenge. There's a guy guarding you, too. Now, our guys, if they can't get open, they just move out and the defender moves out. Yeah? Now we're starting at half court, and that's not where you want to start your offense. We don't know how to deal with challenges. We start in the wrong place spiritually. Yeah? Now, the goal is, is that we want you to start the offense in the bathroom. We don't want you to get into it. Does that make sense? Okay, you guys sit down. That's good enough. You get the picture. Thank you, sir. Now, what happens is, is when we try to run our offense and people deny us the ball and we can't get into it, we start talking about the passer. Yeah? We start talking about this guy's holding me. We start talking about the timing. We go, coach, can you run another play? But we don't understand the nuances of getting open. One of the nuances of getting open is, is you step into the player, the defender, you make contact. You chicken wing him. You put your hand out as a target and you step over the top of him so he can't step over you. When you catch the ball, you catch on your outside hand so your body is between the defender and the ball. When you catch the ball, you bring it to your ear so they can't reach in. Now I rip through and I'm in my offensive motion and in triple threat. Shoot, pass, dribble, yeah? Okay, from here, I've got the ball, the defender's here, and I can get into our offense. Now our goal is to get into the offense, free throw line extended in a place where I have angles, and I can move, and we can run our plays. I believe that's the goal spiritually for us. What happens is when we don't understand nuances, those things that we talk about, those things that Scripture talks about, when we miss those things, our interpretation, our ability to execute our walk with God becomes more difficult. What we're going to look at this morning is we're going to look at John the Baptist and his interaction with the disciples, and he's going to show us some things some things, some nuances that I believe will be helpful for us this year as we go through this month of renewed vision. The title of the message is More Jesus. But if I had to subtitle that lesson, I would call it The Art of Being a Great Follower. You see, there's something, too, when a coach is coaching and the kids don't want to do it, they don't take care of those nuances, they don't get open. They think we got to run something different. Or they don't get, op get open, they turn over the ball, or, or we just have a difficult time, we end up losing by 50. I want to show you a couple of nuances, and I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart like he's been speaking to mine in this time. Now, we are with John the Baptist. Um, Jesus has, has, has started up his ministry. He's got after it with Nicodemus. And in chapter 3 and verse 22, Jesus and John the Baptist. Yeah, Jesus and John the Baptist. After this, after his time with Nicodemus and, and preaching to him, it says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. John also 
was baptizing in the Arion near Salam because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized since John had not yet been thrown in prison. So we see this, this opportunity. Jesus brings his disciples um, and they're baptizing and John the Baptist and there's this place where there's plenty of water and there's all of these baptisms going on. And then it says, then a, a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is flocking to him. Now, wouldn't you know it? I think it's always going to happen that we have some type of rub, yeah, that, that reveals, reveals our convictions, reveals where we're at spiritually, yeah? It's like a press, uh, it's like a blitz, uh, it's like a, a quota that you have to meet at your job. Um, it could be anything, but there's something that happens that, that puts our full character on display. And, and the disciples, they get into this, this, this confrontation with um, some manuscripts say some Jews, some, some scholarly Jews. They get into this, this conversation. And I don't even know why the conversation would start. I won't speculate. But there's something to the idea of insecurity. There's something to being less than. And this Jew starts talking about purification, and they get into this, this, this jam, and, and they go to John the Baptist, and, and they say, they say, everybody's flocking to that guy that you talked about on the other side, Jesus. And I want you to hear John's response, because John's response is like stepping into the defender. Yeah? It's a nuance that we have to get when we talk about there being more Jesus. John's response, John responded, no one can receive a single thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah. Yeah? Identity. He understands his lemmas. He knows who he is. In order for there to be more Jesus, we've got to understand that we're not him, that we're not God. Amen? And there's a role that we play. And he breaks down this role, and he says, you guys have heard me say that I'm not the Messiah, but, but I've been sent ahead of him. Now, in, in old-time scriptures, what he's doing is, is, is I don't know if he's it's prophecy. Some people would say it's prophecy. I'd probably say that it's more a, a fulfilling of the Old Testament, a fulfilling of the Old Testament. John is fulfilling the Old Testament. He comes ahead of Jesus. And remember when he was born? He and John were born, and John was going to, to testify about him. Yeah? Something for us to be reminded of. We are here to testify about God. Amen? We're here to testify about Jesus. He says, I've been sent ahead of him. And in verse 29, he says, he who has the bride is the groom. The church is the bride. Yeah? The groom is Jesus. 
but the groom's friend, this is who John is, who stands by and listens for him, rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. You know, in your study this week, I encourage you to study out what the bridegroom and what the best man, what, what does the best man do for the bridegroom? They play a role in, in helping that marriage to come together. Yeah? They do everything. And this is who John says he is. Scripture says that he will cry out, that he will profess Jesus. Yeah? And so this isn't an argument about who's who. We know who's who. He is of God. And it's his time. It's his time. And I have to step back. And I have to play the role that, that I need to play. And, and, and I, I, I say this, and the question becomes this morning, am I playing the right role? There's something to being a follower. It's not necessarily popular nowadays. You can hear it at games, you hear it on TV, you hear it in everything. Be a leader! Control your own destiny! Why do we want to be in control so bad? You know, one of the words that keeps popping up in my study is the idea of trust. I mean, think about Peter and the disciples. They, they hear they're supposed to meet Jesus. Maybe he doesn't come at the time when they think. I don't know what they're feeling. Maybe they just wanted to eat. I don't know. But there's a trust issue there. Yeah? When we're in control, we don't have to feel as vulnerable. Now, when you get your shot at being in control, you're going you're gonna to feel plenty that you'll only feel when you get in that spot. Control. Now, John breaks down who Jesus is. He says, the one who comes, in verse 31, the one who comes from above is above all. What a profession. But there's something to the way that John leads his life that speaks to the idea of Jesus being from above and above all. What does it mean for Jesus to be above all in your life today? Now, he goes on to say, the one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. Let's talk about purification. Let's talk about you fill in the blank. You see, just like the nuances of running an offense, 
there are some base things in order for us to have renewed vision, in order for us to sustain renewed vision, renewed vision we, we need to, to have these things. Are all of Jesus' words and actions on your radar? The cool part about it is, is that Jesus finished his work and we can experience those things. But when we miss those nuances, those are deflected passes between God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's power, and us being able to grasp hold of it. You know, John right here is, is breaking down what the mindset is of a great follower. one who comes from heaven is the, the one who comes from heaven is above all he testifies to what he's seen and heard yet no one accepts his testimony he talks about the authenticity of Jesus the authenticity of Jesus looking at Jesus life growing up with Jesus there's there's a bit of being able to have seen his life, to have seen him, him walk, to see him carry him, I mean, just to experience Jesus, to know Jesus on such a level that he trusts, yeah, in such a way that he's willing to hand over the mantle. John goes on to say, the one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. The one who has accepted his testimony affirms that God is true. One of the traits, one of the traits of a great follower of Jesus is that his actions affirm the truth of God. Now, before you go there, I want you to embrace this idea. What does that have to do with carrying my cross daily? What does that have to do with dying to self? Yeah? Remember what Jesus told Peter in chapter 21? He said, when you were young, you used to tie your belt, do your thing, and go wherever you want to go. But when you mature, when you get older, you're going to hold your hands out. Somebody's going to tie you up and take you wherever they want to take you. And this is the death that you will die in order to best glorify God. Imagine reading that in the mirror every morning when you brush your teeth. You do brush your teeth. Imagine that. You know, there's something to being a great follower that, that says you put the team first. You know, one of our, our players is, is playing at a Division I school and listening to their coach and the intensity of them, he says, we play for each other. That's the first thing that he says. We live for God. Isn't that what Jesus did? Not my will, but your will be done. If this cup can be taken from me, take it. But if not, your will be done. The Son of Man has come to, yeah, give his life as a ransom. 
for many. He died for the ungodly. These are affirmations of the truth of God. For God sent him and he speaks God's word. Since he gives a spirit without measure, the father loves the son and he's given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the son has eternal life, but the one who refuses to believe in the son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. You know what's interesting? In verse 35 and 36, the one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who refuses to believe, you know, in Deuteronomy and and, and Galatians, there's this correlation And it talks about doing everything in the law. But there's also this this, this word that, that means this is the mind state that disciples must have. They have to do everything, not some things, everything that God's word says. And when we don't, there is a curse. There's a challenge. There's that inability to feel unity. There's that inability, yeah, to get into that walk, to experience God as he desires to be experienced. And when when we can experience him, think about how much more difficult it is for a lost world to experience Jesus. Friends, this morning when we talk about more Jesus, the idea is that we are great followers of Jesus. What does it mean to follow? Is it like phileo and agape? Is it a friend? Or is it a self-giving, sacrificial love like God? Well, it's both, but... When Jesus asked for that agapo, yeah? Agape, it calls for it. There's a part of being a great follower where we embrace the idea of being selfless to the death. That's the difference in our followership. You know, I was I was called to a canoe trip in Arkansas in these historical rivers. Yeah? White water, a little bit dangerous, and there's probably, I don't know, 12, 14 of us. Yeah? Church leaders. And I refused to go unless I could go with the person that was hosting it. I've been on trips. I don't like being outside, but I've been on a a bunch of those trips, and it's a bummer when you flip over and you're in the water and you gotta you gotta ride the rest of the the trip with that wet those wet clothes on. Yeah? The possibility of drowning. Yeah? 
No, I can swim. But it's just like, I don't, hey, I, I, I hit the guy up. Nobody asked him. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the guy that does this. He does this every year. Not saying any names. You know who he is. And so I said, hey, I grabbed him when they announced it. I said, hey, can, can I go with you? Everybody missed it. He goes, yeah, you can go with me. So we get out there, and I told him, he said, just, just, just hang with me, and, and we won't flip over. You won't fall in the water. And, and that's like, this is like an hour and change trip. That's a pretty bold statement, yeah? Rapids, all of these boats, all of these people, all of these unseens. We get out there, and, and he said, just follow me. I followed, I walked around like a puppy dog everywhere that he went. He said, he said, stand over here. Said, okay, pick up the canoe here. Okay, don't get in the water here. Okay, this is what, okay, this is what we're taking. This is what we're not taking. I, I adhered to everything, yeah? I didn't even look at the water. <laughs> Wherever he said to go, whatever he said to do, I did it. And I'm watching all of these guys, and they're, yeah, 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 they're getting in the boats. And, and he said, he told everyone, he said, don't go past me. And I was like, I'm good, because I'm with you. But I watched these guys jump into the boats, and they started paddling a couple of paddles. And he's saying, you know, and he's not yelling at these guys. He's just like, hey, don't, I'm, I won't do the voice, because then you'll know who it is. <laughs> but he says, don't, he says, don't go ahead, don't go. And these guys, they get about 50 yards downstream. And I'm watching, and, and people are laughing and joking. And no sooner than that, they go, <laughs> they're underwater submerged. We hadn't even started the trip yet. They jump up, <laughs> and they're all wet for the rest of the trip. And they're in water that they can't just, so they're like, paddling back and grabbing the boat and so that took us about 30 minutes for them to get worked out before we could start the trip again and I'm watching this whole thing and I'm like I'm gonna follow even more so now so we get on the trip and and we're doing this and he says paddle on your left and this is you know today I knew my left from my right I said how do you want me to paddle paddle hard Okay, paddle soft. Okay, put your oar out there and then move it this way. I, uh, everything he asked me to do, I did. We're going through the trip, and let me just say, out of, out of maybe 14, 16 people, we were the only people that didn't get wet. And this was a two-hour trip. This is in rapids where that white water's coming up. There's rocks and all this stuff. My eyes were this big like a cartoon character watching this stuff. He goes, go this way, go this way. And he's just doing his thing, and he's, okay, don't paddle at all. One guy almost drowned. It was like I started watching, and I noticed that people got off track, and they, they were no longer followers. It became a challenge. And I remember when the guy almost drowned, we're, we're, they, they saw the finish line. Yeah? They thought it was closer than it was. It was about a mile away. And they thought, oh, we'll be there in, in, in a couple of minutes. And they started. 
man, they hit this rapid. Their canoe flipped up. One guy went on the side, and the other guy couldn't swim. So when he finally got to the side, this guy, if you've ever seen death in somebody's eyes, this guy was clinging to a rock like Spider-Man going like this, shaking. Everybody had to stop. That was another half hour to rescue this guy. Yeah? I mean, he was scared. It all boiled down to being a great follower. You know, even when you are a great follower, opposition is still at work. You know, we got to the end, and, and somebody was, some, some guys wanted to dunk us because we didn't get wet. They said, you guys got to get wet. And, and luckily, Janice and Willie O'Quinn, those guys held off the, the opposition. And uh, we ended up not getting wet, but that was a lesson in fellowship. The question I ask you this morning is, what lessons is God allowing you to experience that are revealing your fellowship. If it's hard for you, and you're following, and you're suffering, and you feel like you're doing it alone, like the book of John says, allow this to confirm and strengthen your faith. If you haven't followed God, maybe it's because you're not taking care of those nuances. Maybe it's because you don't understand the base thought of being a follower of Jesus. As you read the book of John, maybe this is an opportunity for you to see the true Jesus and not people, but see Jesus and come to know him in a way that will bring you to faith. At any rate, this morning, the charge is this. In order for there to be more Jesus in our lives and for us to have a renewed vision we have to know who we are and who we're not we have to embrace god's word and know without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt that regardless of how it goes this is part of being a christian and fellowship when we're struggling when we're challenged we're walking in the footsteps of jesus we're walking in the footsteps of those who walk this earth before us as faithful followers of god and lastly Maybe this year we need to treat our walk with God like a canoe trip, yeah? We will get wet. But can you follow a bit more close the words and life of Jesus? I hope that this time, I hope that this reading moves you to some deeper conversation. brings you to a point of making a decision to be a great follower this year and follow all of Jesus' words. Right now I'm going to pray for communion. We'll take it and continue our service. God, we thank you for Jesus' example. We thank you for uh, the power you bestowed on him here on earth. We thank you for him being a trailblazer and giving his life 
and being resurrected and being buried and all of those concepts that that we we miss sometimes god we we thank you for that example we thank you for the finished work on the cross god we pray as we embrace this time of remembering jesus remembering your love remembering the challenge that brings about life that we can look around the room and be encouraged by the opportunity that we have to follow in a renewing that comes only from the blood of Jesus. We thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Cause I 